Welcome to the Baby Sleep Podcast, where real families come to share their struggles and achievements, as well as road-tested tips and tricks from their journey to a sleeping baby. I'm Elizabeth Martin, and I'm passionate about giving a voice to this huge and often lonely aspect of the parenting journey. I'm so glad you're here. excited today to have my guest Michelle Singlin on the Baby Sleep podcast. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Michelle and I have known each other for quite a long time. Um, her husband and I are actually longtime family friends. We've known each other since we were born. And when I started talking about this project, she was someone who reached out and said, yes, yes, we need more of this in our lives. Um, so she is going to tell us about her story and her journey with her children. Uh, so Michelle, why don't you take it away and introduce yourself to everybody who's listening? Hi, I'm Michelle. Um, I am a mom to three babies. They're not babies anymore, but uh, they are five, seven, nine, our nine-year-old Adriana and our seven-year-old just turned seven in just on December 30th, Charlie, who is a girl. Um, and then DJ, our little guy is five. So we had um, three kids in four years to the day. Um, we were you know, we were in our twenties, uh, Dave was 25. I was 26 when we started having kids. And, um, so here we are now in Reddington raising our, our tribe, um, you know, with the help of our village. <laughs> nice. Um, and just a little bit about yourself, where were you at maybe in your career and professional life when you became a mom and, and how did that look? So we, um, you know, Dave and I met in 2009 and by the end of 2010, we found out that uh, we were expecting. It was uh, quite a surprise. We, I was in the middle of um, getting my MBA, working full time, but, um, you know, we, we jumped headfirst into parenthood, into married life, into living together, um, into our careers. Uh, so I was getting my MBA in finance. We had, um, let me say, I, I was probably a year in and then we had her in August and by September, I was already back into the MBA program. And then five months later, wow. I went back to, to work. So wow, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a timeline. <laughs> so so do you yeah. Go ahead. We were, I was, I was, you know, we were going, I was going for my MBA. Dave was just getting, you know, jumping headfirst into his business. Um, so we kind of, you know, did all of this all at once, mm -hmm. you know, and if you look at like the top 10 stressors in your life, um, I think we were going through like nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously so well, here you are to tell your tale almost, you know, 10 years later, it's very exciting. Um, so do you remember even in those early days, you're in school, you're expecting a baby all of a sudden, did you know anything about babysitting? No, we knew, no. Read? Oh my God. No, we knew nothing. We knew nothing. We were, um, when we found out I was pregnant, one of my high school best friends was expecting to, but she was only three months ahead of me. So at least I had like 
one person Mm -hmm. to go through, you know, pregnancy together. And like, so everything that she was experiencing, um, I remember I was like, you know, how much, how much weight did you gain? Or like, you know, when the babies were born, like, is he sleeping through the night yet? Cause mine's not sleeping through the night yet. So at least I had someone, but we were kind of like, you know, the, the, the first in our circle to um, have kids. So we, I mean, we had no, no idea, <laughs> no idea what we were expecting and what you read and you could take as many classes and your mom can tell you as much as, you know, try to prepare you as much as possible, but nothing prepares you for um, parenthood um, until that baby comes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I define my early parenthood as like shocking. That was shocking. Right. It's like, I read that in, a, in, in the book, but like, I didn't think it was going to quite play out like that where like I read that in the book but like I didn't think that was going to happen to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) like I thought I was you know like I was going to have this thing down pat you know but um and I guess it's the 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 beauty the joy the frustration in parenthood is that you can read you could talk to whoever you want but like you're you think you could be so prepared but you're you're never prepared and 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 Dave will even say you know like I, he wanted to, you know, have X amount in the bank. He wanted to be here when, you know, we got, when we decided to like get married and he wanted to be here when we decided to like start a family. And he's like, but nothing prepares you for it. Nothing, nothing prepares you for it. And he goes, so I'm happy that we just dove head first. It was, you know, the best surprise of our life. But like, he goes, I wouldn't have been ready if we started at 35, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, whether I was 25 or 35, it, it doesn't matter. That's good that he has that hindsight. That's really nice. Because you, you know, even when you have like, when you feel like you're in this place in your life, then you're like, no, actually, I really want to be here. So there, what better way to just dive head first and, and adapt, right? Adapt accordingly. Right, right. Totally. There's no perfect game. There's no perfect game plan. Because <laughs> <laughs> if there was like parenting would be uh you know, it, it, it would be perfect. I used to say, where's the manual? There's no manual. <laughs> totally. So can you even remember what it was like those early days with Adriana, newborn, new parents getting back to school? How did you manage through that time? Oh my God. I, I mean, it was, uh, we always say it's amazing that we, we made it, we made it out. We all made it out alive <laughs> back then. Um, it was, I just remember being on overdrive and just being completely physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted, you know, just managing um, a a newborn, like, you know, when you have a baby, like you, yes, you feel a certain connection to this baby because as a mother, because you, you carry the baby for, for nine months. But when the baby's born, the baby's getting to know you and you're getting to know the baby. Like you're strangers, even though you carried this baby for nine months, it, you know, on, on, on the inside. But once the baby comes into the real world, like you're, you're getting to know this baby, but you're also responsible for, for teaching, teaching it night and day. So now you have to couple learning who this baby is, this baby learning who you are and also your everyday roles whether you're, you know, husband, wife, um, going to school, working full-time, whatever it is, you now have to manage your whole adult life 
coupled with learning how to be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> right. The rest of that other stuff doesn't just stop. Exactly. You got, yeah. you got it. Like it, it, it keeps going and um, you just, you got to, you got to dig deep within and um, you know, it's sink or swim. And of course you're, you're going to, you're going to have to try to swim. <laughs> So do you remember, was there anything that you did or how, how did you handle it or have you blocked I, it all out? Um, well, it's funny because like you block it out and that's what gives you the ability to keep going and having more kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, you, you do remember. So, you know, Adriana will be 10 this year. And when we sit down, you know, whether it's you know, in the family room or at the dinner table and we're like reminiscing, we laugh. I mean, we weren't laughing back then, but um, yeah, I remember the first night we brought her home and I remember at the hospital, you know, they're like breastfeed, 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 you know, don't give a bottle, yeah. you know, nursing, nursing is best. And so we were like, oh, and you know, we took these classes and we read these books and nursing was best. And, um, you know, she was over nine pounds too. So I, I don't know if that played into it, but like, you know, she wasn't latching. Dave and I were both nervous that plays into you know her inability to latch mm -hmm. she's screaming her head off we're exhausted and we're like finally we called the doctor you know this was the, the our first day back home mm -hmm. and we're like we're like she won't stop crying and you know like and we don't want to give the bottle the the, the nurses and you know the leche league said don't give a bottle because that's going to ruin the latch. And they're like, no, give that baby a bottle, you know, mm -hmm. give her formula. And so the yeah. first day she was back, that's when we decided that we were going to supplement and, and nurse. Um, and that was like our first day home. And then I remember we put her, you know, we were going to bed. Well, we thought we were going to bed. <laughs> um, and this was our first night, but it was like, I don't, I remember it was like late. Maybe it was like the middle of the night, like, midnight or two I remember we should have been sleeping but she was awake laying in the bassinet she wasn't doing anything she was just laying there her eyes were wide open and Dave and I we looked at each other like mind you like like in hindsight like I almost felt like Dave and I were babies ourselves mm -hmm. you know like you know it was 2011 like we were you know 25 and 26, maybe we weren't babies, babies, but like looking now at, you know, we felt like babies, like yeah. we had no idea. And we put on the bassinet and we're like, well, now what? Like, what, like, what do we do? Like, do we turn the lights off? Do we just like, her eyes aren't closed. So do we watch her? Like, do we just watch her lay there? Like, is it okay to go to sleep? I, I remember we had that conversation. We had no idea what to do. <laughs> we're, like, we're, like, so classic. <laughs> we're like you're looking at this like cute little baby this three-day-old baby and we're like uh now what you know we're like we're the doctors and nurses yeah no one's yeah. telling us what to do like yeah. no one told us what to do and like I said like whatever you read in the books it literally goes right like you could take that book and just throw it in the fire pit because that it's you know that meant nothing so and then we were like, all right, well, we might as well try to sleep because she's going to wake up in a little bit. So that's when we like, we turned the lights off and we got maybe like an hour sleep. And then, uh, you know, the rest was kind of history. But mm -hmm. um, I remember, you know, they said, you know, you, you got to wake her up every two hours. So, she, you know, your supply can come in. She can, you know, learn to latch. 
And so for the first, I don't even know how many weeks we were waking her up every two hours to nurse. For weeks? And wow, I felt like no one said when to stop. <laughs> and, and we were yeah. like, that was like our demise. That was our yeah. demise because we carried that on for like God knows how long. And that set the tone. So she was a horrible sleeper, mm. horrible. And she woke up every two to three hours until she was nine months old. And we were like, that's because we woke her up for three weeks straight every wow. two hours. We had no idea. We had no idea what we were doing. Okay, it's, dear it's listeners, don't do that. <laughs> Unless your pediatrician like explicitly says. <laughs> I, I feel like you know, we were too naive to ask Mm. and the pediatrician had no idea, you know, what the heck we were doing. Right. And so basically if I were to tell anyone, I'd be like, no, you wake them up for two hours for like the first few days. That way you get the latch, your supply comes in after that. It's call it like, you don't, you don't continue that on. So, and, and again, like, you know, we were, we were the only ones, I, I don't, I don't want to, my, my other girlfriend, you know, she had her son at that point, but um, she didn't nurse. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's also. So, yeah. right. So I was the only one in my circle who had a baby and I was the only one nursing. So who was I going to talk to, you know? And like, yes, we had our moms, but like, you know, I don't remember. They, you know? Exactly. They exactly. Yeah. Like, and you know, my mom will be like, Oh, like, y'all, you actually, like, I don't know, but it's like, it's, it, times are different, yeah. you know? So, so she didn't, uh, kind of start sleeping through. It sounds like till nine months. What nine did that months. look like when it finally happened? How did oh that my God. come I just, to fruition? Um, it was a long, it, it, you know, looking back, it was like, a, just a long, 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 long road. Um, I was in school at night and I was working full time. I was just exhausted. Um, and I remember it was her nine month checkup and you know, the pediatrician is like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, it doesn't sleep. It doesn't sleep. It wakes up every three hours. And you know, it's like I'm calling it, my daughter. It. I know I'm calling my daughter an it, but you're like, so tired and distraught you're like it doesn't sleep like it won't sleep you know so um and that's when the pediatrician is like it's time to let her cry it out mm-hmm. and so we were like oh god like what is this going to be like but we did and you know the first week of the crying it out you know the pediatrician is like you go in you let her like kind of cry and then you go in and you know you rub her you know, on her, you know, arm and you're like, it's okay. You know, mommy and daddy are here. And then you walk out. Okay. So we did that for a week. And let me tell you that made it worse. Like, because she knew you were in the room. Yes. You know, it made it like, it's like when they tell you don't engage, like you were engaging, (laughs) you were engaging. (laughs) So, you know, after, I don't even remember how long it was. But then we decided, okay, we're not going to go in there anymore. And it was probably like a good three to four weeks of her crying it out for like 45 minutes to an hour. And after those three to four weeks, it was like nothing. It was like magic. She slept 12, 14 hours through the night ever since. 
So when, but when- it takes a lot of discipline. Um, I don't know if courage is the right, right word to describe it, but like a lot of discipline to not go in there and pick your baby up while they're screaming their, their head off, you know, like it breaks your heart, but you know, you have to keep your eye on the prize and the prize is like mama needs to sleep through the night. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, by nine months, nine, 10 months, she was, um, sleeping through the night and, and the rest do, you is remember, do you remember when you did that? You said not 45 minutes to an hour. Was that like the first time she went to sleep or was that every time she would wake up overnight if she had gone from waking every three hours? So that's whatever, four or five times a night to not, did you, was it like throughout the night? I mean, if what, what did that look like for those three weeks? No, 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 no. So she would, so for instance, like, you know, if we put her down, at nine, she would wake up at 11 Mm -hmm. and we would let her cry it out from like 11 to 12. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I I don't even remember. I, I, I truly don't even remember. I blocked it out, but like, but I do remember maybe she would wake up here and there in between, but like towards the end, like she would cry it out for an hour and that was it for the rest, for the rest of the night. And then we like, I remember the last week we were like, Oh, it's working you know, like we're, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like the first time you get like that five hour, five, six hour clip of sleep, you're like, this is amazing. Like where, where has this been the last year? Because like, don't forget even like the last, like how many weeks and months of your pregnancy, you're not really sleeping through the night either. Right. Good point. Good point. So, you know, like, so, so for, and I remember I'm like, it's been like a whole year since I've slept through the night like so but um yeah it was monumental when when she was doing those those 12 hour those 12 hour stretches it it was like the best feeling ever Mm. like I felt like I just climbed Mount Everest and you said she's been sleeping through the night pretty much ever since ever since um I think when she was three or four she tried doing the let me come in and sleep with mommy daddy act. And, mm. um, you know, again, this was our first kid. What did we know? But, you know, the first few times we let her in, um, you know, we let her sleep with us. And so now there's three of us in a king size bed. I, I, I think we had Charlie at the time too. And, um, I just remember we, we, we I, I can't, we can't go down this road because she's a tornado when she sleeps. So mm. here I am, like we were, you know, we thought we thought we had it down pat. And then uh, that was two weeks of walking her back to her room. You know, like she would come in the room, she would try to climb in the bed and either me or Dave, we wouldn't look at her. We wouldn't talk to her. We wouldn't turn the lights on. We would just like pick her up, hold her hand, walk her back to, you know, her her bed, tuck her back in, walk her back. That might have happened for two weeks where she would come in multiple times throughout the night and no engaging. Again, I, I think the no engaging was was critical for, for our household because once you engage, it's like they got they got you. Right. Yeah. They know there's a, a positive interaction with mom and dad at the end of these right, antics. Right. Yes. Well, positive or negative. And they even say that, you know, with behavior, any any reaction, positive or negative, they, they got you. You know, it's like, 
So um, we would just walk her back. And then, so that was probably when she was like, I want to say three. And, um, it, you know, now ever since, she, no, she hasn't, she's never been back in our room. Good for you. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds the, like the, the right the, fit. <laughs> the, the hard, for us, the hard work, we we feel like it, it, it paid off in yeah. the end. Yeah. So then, okay. So Charlie comes along, baby number two. What happened? Did you talk about it before she arrived? Did you feel like you changed your plan or did you just dive right in? How, how'd it go? I, I don't think we talked about it, but we knew we weren't going to do what we did with Patreon. We, I, I don't know. It was just, we didn't talk about it. It kind of just all naturally like played out. Like we knew we weren't going to wake her up every two hours, but the difference with Charlie was that she was a good nurser. Mm. Like she immediately latched and it was, with Charlie, everything, you know, you know, now you kind of have some sort of foundation. So like yeah. we knew, we knew the routine. It was, you know, nurse, change diaper back down. So when Charlie came home, it was, um, we kind of already had like a, a, a routine too, you know? So, cause we, you have to have one with Adriana. So routines were are, are, are kind of like your, your, your playbook, you have to have them. But um, so I knew she wasn't going to know the difference between night and day. Yeah, you know, I knew it was going to be nurse change diaper back in the swing, or, um, you know, back in the bassinet. So we kind of already knew those things. So when Charlie came home, you know, I would take her upstairs, I would nurse her, change her diaper, and then, you know, snuggle her for a few minutes in the bassinet, lights off, um, whether she was awake or not. Right. So, but that way she knew every single day, seven o'clock, mommy and daddy are doing the same thing. So it must be, it signals, we felt like it signaled to them, you know, it's time for bed. So, you know, Charlie was sleeping through the night. I want to say between six and six and eight weeks, 12 hours. Oh, wow. Six and eight weeks. (laughs) I want to say maybe, I want to say maybe closer to eight weeks, but even, but even the time in between, like she was so easy. I kept the bassinet, you know, by my bedside, Mm. she would wake up, whether it was three hours, whatever it was, I didn't wake her up ever from the time she came home. I never woke her up because I knew she already latched. I knew my supply was already in. So when she would wake up, I would literally pick her up out of the bassinet, you know, nurse her. And, and she was the, uh, she was the best nurser. I would lay her on the bed and she would nurse. I would switch sides. And like, while she nursed, like I, I closed my eyes and mm. right or wrong, it worked for us. Yeah. But like, I never even changed her diaper sometimes. Perfect. I, I felt like, Sometimes the diaper wasn't even full. Maybe there is like, it was like slightly wet, but it wasn't drenched. Yeah. And I felt like as soon as you take their clothes off and you open up that diaper, <laughs> it, it goes from, it's like going from, you know, your 70, de- 70 degree house into your 30 degree garage. It right. wakes you up. Like, you know, when you're in the car and you're falling asleep behind the wheel, they tell you to open the window. Well, yeah. that's what it's like for these babies. As soon as you unzip or unbutton that that cute little onesie and you open up the diaper, 
it's like, oh, good morning. Yeah. Call so, an air blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like we, you know, I would nurse her and, you know, maybe I would change her diaper once in the middle of the night, as opposed to every single time, mm, mm. you know, like, so if she woke up, so if she was like four weeks old, five weeks old, and she woke up twice in the middle of the night, I would change her diaper once. Got it. Yeah. That's a good so, tip. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe two in the morning, three in the morning, that way she was doing, you know, like 11 o'clock stretch to two o'clock, change it at like two, three o'clock. And then, you know, by the time she woke up in the morning, like, you know, the house is up. So I feel like I hear from people that if you, especially if you had a good nurser and we, we had a lot of breastfeeding challenges, but if you have a kid who loves to nurse, is good at it, it's relaxing. It's easy to end up where they need to nurse all the time to sleep. And how do you think you, you had a great nurser and a baby who ended up being comfortable sleeping through the night by eight weeks? Um, oh, I feel like a lot has to do with their personalities too. Mm. It's, you know, Charlie is our like easygoing, everything, you know, just, she's still a good sleeper. She could sleep till nine, 10 o'clock if you, if you let her. Wow. Now at seven years old, Adriana is the, um, like, you know, strict, follow everything by the rules. Like I'm up, like, you know, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And, um, you know, she's the first one up in our house. Mm. So it's, it's funny how at nine and seven, their personalities still play out to like how they were when they were, they were babies. So I think a lot has to do with, you know, personality too. You know, we call, call Charlie, like our lazy baby, you know? So like, that's all she wanted to do, eat and sleep. So sometimes I I think maybe it's like luck of the draw Mm. with, with, with different and different personalities but there wasn't anything particular. I mean, I guess it sounds like you were really good about putting her right back down, keeping it all business. I think, yeah, I think that's, you gotta, you gotta look at it. Like, yeah, like you said, keep it all business. You kind of have, you, you, you laid the groundwork up front, but you laid the groundwork up front with your second one because you had the foundation from the first one or lack of foundation yeah but you know you you or you you learn from it as as you go but you know then you have to realize like not every kid is the same yeah. so like because then like dj dj was a good nurser too but dj did not like nursing while laying on the bed so like i had to be like sitting in the glider with him mm. like i couldn't lay down with him so like even though he was a good nurser and Charlie was like, he wanted you to pick him up, hold him and just nurse in that one position. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that, yeah, there goes that idea of like sleeping well nursing. <laughs> so DJ, not as easy as Charlie. <laughs> not as easy, not as hard as Adriana, but not as easy. Mm. Man, you got lulled into a real sense of security. Baby number two, you're like, baby number three, how hard could it be? <laughs> right. Right. But I will say like, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, you kind of know what you're doing, you know, with however many kids you have with each one, you're like, all right. Like, and I, I do feel like because Dave and I, Dave and I had this sense of like nervousness and anxiousness when we had Adriana, that definitely plays into her personality mm. even today. And because we were more laid back with the other two that contributes to their personality you know, till this day. Interesting. That's a great point. The, 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 the loves diaper commercial, you know, baby number one, you're, 
you know, everything is brand new. You're Lysoling and Cloroxing everything. You know, if the binky touched the floor, throw that one in the garbage. You know, baby number three, you're like, socks on the floor, wipe it off on your shirt and (laughs) pop it in your mouth. You'll, you'll survive. Baby number three, I always said it, um, he was, DJ was my, um, like, you know, my, what did I call him? Like, he was like my carry around baby. Like he just went everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, like he was just like easygoing because you throw him in the car seat and wherever his sisters were going, so that's where he was yeah. going. Yeah. You know, the other, when you have your first one, you keep the house quiet. You, you dim the lights and it's like, shh, no, baby's sleeping. Don't talk. Baby number two, you're like, you can't do that because what are you going to tell? You're going to tell your, your two, two-year-old, you know, stop banging the toys. Yeah. And then baby number three, forget it. Like we had the washing machine going, the dryer going, but noise machines, they work. We even keep noise machines on now. For all three kids? We keep one in the hallway. Oh, nice. Because it, it just drowns out the 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 noise, um, and it just becomes like background. And you know, there's even when when so when we had Charlie, we realized like you can't keep a perfectly quiet house. Yeah. That's not good for them. You have to have noise because if you're trying to keep a perfectly quiet house, what you're doing is you're letting that baby control the setting, mm. as opposed to you want that baby to adapt to your household. You don't want the household to completely change because of what this baby is demanding. If you bring home your baby and they're three days old and all they know is the washing machine and the vacuum going, then that's what they adapt to. Right, right. They're more adaptable than we are because it's our job to teach them to, to, you know, what to expect and how to adapt to your, your environment and same thing. And uh, again, right or wrong. I'm sure if my mom listens to this or my mother-in-law or, you know, our parents, they're going to be like, Oh my God, my mom. I remember my mom, that baby needs warm milk. Mm. We, when they were on milk or formula or even, I mean, I, yes, we would, heat up the breast milk because it came straight from the fridge like if it was pumped milk but I didn't warm it up where it was like nice and warm it was just room temperature and my mom used my mom would be like that baby's having cold milk you're gonna give it an ulcer you're gonna upset (laughs) their stomach and I said mom like if all this baby knows is room temp we're not giving we're not there's not ice cubes (laughs) yeah you know, it's just, it's like room temperature. Yeah. And so that really helped in a sense when we were out and about, I wasn't looking, I, I didn't have to bring the bottle warmer. I wasn't like the, 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 the formula was room temperature. So yeah. like, that's what they were used to. So like, if you, if you introduce things and you, and you cater to them in every which way you have to prepare are you, I always say, are you, are you able to keep up with that? That's a great point. I mean, so if you're, you're not going to go ahead. Yeah, no, if you're not going to be able to keep up with it, then don't, don't start it. Right. It's more frustrating on you. It's more stressful on you in the end. You know, and I think what you're saying is like, 
are you introducing routines, habits, your family's way of doing things that are transferable to an environment outside of your house? Can you do it on the go? Can you do it at grandma and grandpa's? Can you do it at Christmas at the aunt's house? Like how, or is it so rigid that you can't, you have to have the just perfect thing that only exists at your house. Right. And I think yeah. with Adriana, because we had no idea, we were catering to her mm. more so than trying to teach her to adapt to this whole outside, yeah. you know, world and environment. So, you know, we would, um, I, I remember we would bounce her on a ball. So anything she really wanted, we, we catered to her. And then once I had the other two, I was like, if I don't ever introduce that, they don't know any better. Do you feel like, has that changed your parenting style for Adriana? I mean, she's always going to be the first, right? She's going to be the first one. You're going to have to teach how to drive or, you know, let stay home alone or whatever. Do you, do you find that you've, she's still kind of the, I don't want, I mean, she's kind of the guinea pig child, right? Cause she's the, the oh, oldest, yeah. but is there, has that changed now having multiple? She's, kids? she's still, she's still a guinea pig, but we learned early on, um, and I, I guess maybe this is just an example is I feel like my, my role as a parent is to raise a well-rounded independent individual. Mm. So with Adriana, we, from a young age, you know, we, we set the expectation and then we realize that's what you got to do with each kid. Now each kid is different and they all have different needs, but for instance, it's like at four years old, you know, yeah, she was the guinea pig, but we're like, all right, we're going to try this. So we sat down for dinner and we're like at four, like she's perfectly capable of picking up her dinner plate and placing it in the sink. Mm. So at four, every night, put your, you know, put your dish away, put your dish away, put your dish away. Put, and so now it's, it's just, it's, it's automatic. Yeah, it's a, nice. it's a habit. So as far as the guinea pig, yeah, it's like, as we introduce these, um, I don't know if you want like chores, rules, like, uh, etiquette, we, she's the first one to experience it. But what's nice though, is because they're, mine are like so close in age is like, you know, at four, if Charlie saw Adriana putting the dish away. Charlie was two. She wanted to be like her big sister. Yeah. So she followed. Now at seven, it's like, you still kind of have to remind them, but, but they, but they know the rule. And it's also like, you want that to pour over into their everyday life because, you know, when they go to their friend's house, when they're at, you know, when, when they're at Billy's house or Sally's house, you're like, did you put your, did you clean up after yourself after you ate at their house? So like all of those things, you know, and even when it comes back to the, you know, this, this, the sleep, not to go off on a tangent, but it's like, we thought it was important that our kids knew how to sleep in other environments aside from their own house, mm -hmm. aside from their own bedroom. I've witnessed it with my friends where they're like, no, we can't, you know, spend the night and like have an adult night after we put the, because our kids won't sleep anywhere else, but their own bed. Mm. So we, you know, we had them sleep at my mom's. We had them sleep at our, you know, my in-laws. We, we, we would put them down for a nap. I, I would be at my girlfriend's house, you know, having a cup of coffee, you know, on a play date. And I would put Charlie down for a nap 
in upstairs. I, we would bring a pack and play, set it mm-hmm. up in, in another bedroom. So my girlfriend and I would put our kids down for a nap and we would have a cup of coffee for an hour. Right. But that let them, you know, that gave us the ability to go on vacations, go sleep in hotels, um, because they're, they, they got used to the idea of like sleeping in other places aside from their home. They got used to the noises around them. You know, like in a hotel, it's not perfectly quiet. Right. So if you keep a perfectly quiet, if you keep a perfect, quote unquote, perfect environment for your child to sleep in, that's what they are going to expect every single time. And it almost, um, it hinders you. Yeah. And it hinders to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. It hinders your, if that's something you want, it hinders the, you know, the lifestyle that maybe some people would want to, you know, stay in a hotel or go to a friend's house and have, you know, like game night or movie night with friends while their kids sleep upstairs. Yeah. So let's go back to the, um, Charlie and DJ being young, little babies. You did an amazing job getting them on a different sort of path than Adriana. Did you ever run into regressions, the four month regression, any of that stuff where you had hard times or, or do you think, I mean, how did, how did that play out? I don't even remember. It could have been that bad then. <laughs> right. That's I, I don't know. I don't think so. Charlie is our little night ninja though. Mm. Um, so she would, she would climb into our bed. Now there was a difference. So now I know we walked Adriana back to her room, but when Adriana would come into our room, she was a tornado. She would punch you. She would kick you. Mm. She was, her feet were in your face, her head was in your stomach. So like, you knew she was in the bed with you. Charlie was our night ninja because she would tiptoe in, she wouldn't make a pee and you would roll over at six in the morning and you were like, oh my God, has she been here all night? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, if, if that was the only, I don't, I wouldn't even call it regression because and it never even impacted our sleep. We never even knew to walk her back because we didn't even know she was in the bed with us. There you go. But, um, and for that reason, like we didn't even mind it. Yeah. Like she's, she's, she's like a mummy. She, or like, I like she climbs into the bed and she stays in that one position mm-hmm. all the way until you, you wake up in the morning. So that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. We, we called her the ninja. She's like a little ninja, you know? Oh, so good. <laughs> And she has like, and I remember there were nights where I would like roll over and you know, when you're in such a deep sleep, you're like, I think she's in here. Like, is that her hair? Mm. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, she is in the bed with you. Mm-hmm. Hey, but <laughs> if it wasn't, wasn't bothering you, then all good. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't dreaming it. I thought I was dreaming it. Yeah. Funny. But Charlie is also our kid who hates sleeping alone. Oh, she wants, yeah. Like she she always, the girls share a room. Mm-hmm. And if you ask the girls, do you want your own bedroom? Adrian will be like, yes, I want my own bedroom. Charlie's like, no. And, but she's also the middle child. Yeah. So she never knows what it's like to be alone. So she always wants to sleep with someone. She either wants to sleep with Adriana, she wants to sleep with DJ, or she wants to sleep with us. She never wants to be alone. She'll say, I hate sleeping alone. I don't want to be alone. But again, as a middle child, she was never alone. She was right. brought in 
She was brought into the family. She already had an older sister. By the time her older sister went to school, she it was her and DJ. Yeah. So she was never alone. What age did the girls start room sharing? When we had DJ. So, um, I mean, maybe not exactly when we had DJ because he came, he was in the bassinet, but like he, I think by the time he was like six months, he was in his crib and she got the boot. And um, so she was probably a little under two because DJ and Charlie are 19 months apart. So she was like, a little under two, two, something and like that. And that was fine, putting two little, two little yeah. together? Yeah, so we had a toddler bed. We had a toddler bed in there, and then we had Adriana's bed. But one, but when once we had the toddler bed, that's when, and she came out of the crib, that's when she realized, oh, I can, I can wander, wander out. Like, it's, you know, it was like breaking free from, from her jail cell. Yeah. And that's when she started climbing into our bed. I see. How long did that phase last? Do you remember the ninja phase? The ninja phase? Um, it's still going on. Oh, really? <laughs> no, not as much. Not not as much. It's it's like few and far between, but probably yeah. up until last year. Yeah, probably up until last year. So okay. So four years now that she's seven. Yeah, no, she doesn't. She hasn't come into our room in a long time. And it's like almost you kind of like you're kind of, you kind of miss it though. Oh yeah. You know, and I and I feel bad, but like you don't miss it with Adriana because when she's sleeping and she'll Adriana will laugh about it because like she literally punches you mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, so you don't miss that. But you know, snuggly Char- Charlie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if someone's just like you know snug snugged up with you and doesn't you know move, talk, punch you, then you're like, oh okay. But yeah, so she hasn't come in in a while, probably like a good four months. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe with like the whole pandemic and them being, you know, home all the time together, they kind of formed this bond and then they have like sleepovers. Oh, cute. So, you know, we're all three of them are in the same room. So that's probably why Charlie's not, you know coming into our our room as much yeah she's got her own crew to roll with yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) she upgraded yeah exactly you know they build forts or you know they don't always build fort but you know they like last night she slept with dj the one night we go to check on them before we go to bed and all three of them are you know in adriana's bed and because you go to check on dj you're like where is he and then you open Mm -hmm. the door and all three of them are in the same bed so they're sneaky yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's also so great to chat with you because I'm just a parent of a little person and you have all this awesome perspective of having, you know, kids, they're not babies anymore. They're real kids. And, um, for those of us who are sort of in this early days stage, do you have anything when you look back tips or ideas or something advice you would give your younger self that, um, knowing how it plays out as they become their own people and, expectations Mm. so expectations and setting um I guess maybe the standard so if you do not want to do a song and a dance every night during bedtime then don't ever start it because if you do it once you're going to be doing it twice 
and then you're going to be doing it forever. And then when you, when you've decided you don't want to do it anymore, but you've been doing it for six months, those little minds don't know any different. And then they expect it So mm. set the expectations and standards of what you think you can keep up with. If you do not want to lay in your child's bed every single night, day in and day out, and you can't leave that bed until they are fast asleep. And that if that's an hour, hour and a half, 15 minutes, then don't ever start it mm. because that's really hard to keep up with. So if your kid goes to bed at eight, but they don't fall asleep till nine, you have now essentially lost that hour of your own alone time, that hour of cleaning up your house, doing whatever you need to do. Um, so don't, start it is my best advice to anyone that's not to say don't read them the book and it's not to say don't snuggle with them but what we found really helpful for us is we do snuggle time on the couch oh. so at 7 30 we watch a show we'll read a book any of that stuff that you consider your bedtime routine we do downstairs in our family all together, all three kids, mom and dad, not always, not always, because sometimes, you know, don't forget mine are older now. So sometimes Adriana is studying at seven 30 while I'm snuggling DJ. Yeah. 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 But you know, but even, but even early on, we did that stuff. Like we figured, we figured based on you know, cause then eventually like our friends started having kids and, you know, my girlfriend would be like, oh my God, I have, even my cousin, like we, I have to lay in the bed with them until they're fast asleep. And then I have to army crawl out. Mm. And as soon as my body leaves the bed, it wakes them up because they notice the movement. So I was like, oh, I am not doing that. So we would do 30 minutes on the couch. They get to pick a show, read a book, whatever song. And the song and dance is downstairs. We would brush our teeth downstairs. We would, you know, have our glass of water downstairs. We would, everything is downstairs. That way my kids knew once we walk them up the stairs and you tuck them in, that was it. We did all the song and the dance downstairs for the last 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't always play out perfectly, but for the most part, they know once you go upstairs, Game, game over. It's like, serious time. Yeah. Now yeah. You're in your bed, and if you yeah. come back downstairs, we're going to have major issues because you had 45 minutes to do whatever, you know, you, you needed to do, whether it was get a sip of water, you know, wh- whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So um, we set the tone in the family room, not in their bedrooms. Their bedrooms are for, for sleeping. Their beds are there so they could sleep. You know, they're dying for a TV. I'm like, you don't watch TV in your room. You have a bed in your room. That's what it's for. You get dressed in your bedroom and you sleep in your bedroom. They have books. You could, you know, you could go there for privacy, read a book. You have, they have a few toys in their room to entertain them. Um, But also in our house, we like setting the tone of, you know, anything you do, you can do out in the open in, in our, in our house. So like, you know, when they're on their iPads, when they're on the computer, you know, you do it, you could do it at the kitchen table, you could do it at the family room, you could do it in the living room. Like there's no reason you're you need to be on your iPad. Again, mine are older, so they're not, you yeah. know, six yeah. months old. 
we we really felt like setting the tone of your bedroom is really for you you know you have like you have your privacy there but there are expectations of what you do in there yeah um there are certain things you can do and there are certain things you just can't like for the most part we use our bedrooms for sleeping right and getting dressed right you touched on something that I think was really interesting. You said, well, whether it takes your kid an hour or 15 minutes to fall asleep. I mean, when you walk your kids upstairs, do they fall asleep immediately? Or what, what happens if they, if it takes them not, 30 minutes to fall asleep? Not, not always, not always, but I want to say like a, a good majority, like 80% of the time they're, they're, they're done like by 15 minutes. Mm. If it, Adri- Adriana literally puts her head on the pillow and mind you, she was our worst in the beginning. She puts her head on the pillow and I could go in and check on her in seven minutes and she's knocked out. Charlie can lay there and kind of toss and turn. DJ can kind of toss and turn, but they know if they're fooling around, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, I, I do the one, two, three magic. I'm like one, two, I'm done. Like, cause mm-hmm. I'm done at the end of the night. Yeah. And again, you know, I know mine are a little bit older, but like, it was so nice. I remember I would be like, I text my girlfriend, 6.59, all three are in bed. Ah, like, this is amazing. Now it's like 8.30. Yeah. By 9.30, I'm done. Yeah. So I really only get an hour to myself, maybe an hour and a half or whatever. But um, so they know, I, like, I will say, I am not fooling around knock it off. Like it's time for bed. This is it. It's, and especially if it's a weekday, like yeah, that's it. On weekends, it's a little bit different, but even so they have activities. And so, you know, they're, they're skiing, they ski, they have to be at Blue Mountain at eight o'clock on Sundays. So on Saturday, you know, it's like, no, 7.45, you better start getting ready. And, that, and that's the other thing is like, if you want your kid in bed, at 8 30 and we're guilty of it so I'm not saying but if you want your kid in 8 30 you need to start at like 7 45 mm-hmm. because you know they're going to do everything in their power that's that's their job to push the limits and see what they could get away with but you know they're going to do everything in their power for the next hour to avoid going to bed so True. if you want them in bed at seven or if you want them in bed at 8 30 you better start at 7 30 7 45 that way the song and the dance and all of the fooling around is they get all the sillies out by 8.30. Right. right. All those wiggles have to go somewhere. Right. right. So if you want them in bed at 8.30, I don't, I, I don't recommend starting at 8.20. Yeah. They're not, because those kids <laughs> not aren't gonna going to bed for, yeah, those kids aren't going to bed for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Oh, no, that's so helpful. So in all of this, it sounds like you and Dave were really aligned. Did you have any, ever any point where it was like tough? for, for uh, you guys who yeah, disagreed, yeah. you had different points of view or have you been I'm, I'm extremely grateful that Dave and I, for the most part, raising our kids are, are aligned on just almost everything. That's not to say that we've never had tension, but I, I vividly remember when we had DJ. So now I had a four-year-old and a 19-month-old and it was, you know, he, he was learning the difference between night and day. So he wasn't sleeping through the night yet. He did sleep through the night very quickly, but, um, I remember I woke up and I was like, I wait and Dave woke up and he's like, what is the matter with you? And I was like punching the bed. I was punching the pillow and Dave came and he like took the baby and he's like, 
you're, you're scaring me. Like, he's like, what did you expect was going to happen? And I was like, I was like, I don't need you to solve my problem. Mm. I just need you to listen. Nothing's going to, you know, I get it. The baby's going to wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, but I am just so tired and frustrated. <laughs> like, and, but you know, Dave was like, you're scaring me. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was like so innocent, you know, cause he's like, what, what's the matter with you? You're like the exorcist here. But I remember you're just so sleep deprived and you're like, why won't you sleep? You know? And yeah. But as far as the, the sleep goes, like we were, you know, sleep training them and we were, we were always aligned. And I remember, you know, he become, he can become a little like defensive or, um, you know, he would, uh, if, if he felt like I was criticizing him. So I'd like, Dave, like, you know, don't talk, like if the baby wakes up, like don't turn the light on and, and talk to the baby because what you're doing is you're engaging and the baby thinks it's time to play. Like, so, you know, and Dave was great. So I know everyone's marriages are different, but Dave would wake up and help in the middle of the night if um, I, I needed help. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, just leave the lights off. Like, don't talk to the baby. Like, just, let's just do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so even, so when they were, uh, we would just, if the baby would wake up, there was no talking, the lights were off. Like I would keep like a night light so you could still kind of see. That way the baby still knew it was nighttime. It wasn't the morning time. Once you turn the lights on, the baby again. The baby's like, "Oh, it's time to right, play." Right, right. You're teaching them every day. You're teaching right. them. Right. So, like, I. Yeah. So, and it's like almost like that was almost like it, maybe it was like instinctual for me because it's like I don't want the light on in the middle of the night. Like, so I would tell Dave that, and Dave would kind of be like, uh, "You know," but you know, he would catch on. So he was always Dave's very like supportive and on board with any of the crazy ideas like. So pretty much if you downloaded an idea to him, he was ready to give it a whirl if you. Yeah, because you, yeah. you have to look at the goal our, and the, mm, our goal. That's is a nice same. way to think about it. What are we trying to accomplish here? And right. now let's work backwards. Like, yeah. Right. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't me trying to derail anything Dave was doing. We, and I said, we're both on the same page. We both want to sleep through the night. Yeah. So if this helped, why not try it? And, you know, the same goes for Dave. If Dave came up with an idea, like we, and, and even, you know, in, in our tense moments and our arguments, even raising our kids, it's like, you always have to bring it back to, we only want what's best for our kids and our family. So what are we really fighting for? Mm. You know, and really that really helps us bring our, you know, our, our, our defenses down because the truth is, yeah. Why, why would we? want something different we might have different opinions on how to get there but our goal should always be the same and it's we only want what's best for for our kids very profound that is good advice for any marriage and any relationship and anybody who's parenting right now yeah but I mean you and it's it's listen that's not always that's not the way it always played out in in the beginning of our marriage and because we did we we, you know, it took years of, of that years of, I, I mean, you know, when we, when we got married, like, you know, we were still getting to know each other. We were, we grew up together. We were becoming adults together, you know, and every, every marriage, every relationship, you become parents at different times in your life. But for us, we were, we were young in today's, you know, today's world. We were, we were considered 
young. Mm -hmm. And so we became adults together. We were just at the start of our careers. Like we, we never, we owned our first house together. Like we went through all of those phases together. And so, you know, on the outside, it looks beautiful, but yeah, it definitely comes with trying times. Um, and you know, it's also years of, um, honestly therapy, Mm -hmm. marriage therapy, marriage counseling, um, you know, individual therapy. And it's, we, we swear by it. Um, it just, it brings in a third party and it really helped us know that we're, we're in this together. We're on the same page and, you know, we're, we're fighting the good fight together because of, um, you know, a bigger picture of what we want our future to be. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think, you know, therapy gets this rap, especially between couples of like, that's only what you do when you're on the very brink on the very edge. And it's the last step before splitsville, as opposed to, no, this is just a tool we use and it's really successful um, for us. It's maintenance. It's maintenance. Mm. Marriage is, is a job, you know, and marriage, I read this like quote, marriage is like an empty box and it's like what you put into it. Mm. Um, and we, it's, 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 therapy for us is just, it's, it's maintenance. Don't get me wrong. Like you you always felt like there was a time of like, Oh, we're on the brink, Sure. but that's why you continue, you know, you can, you continue to go to therapy and you also both have to be in the mindset of we're in this together and I am going to continue working on being a better person for myself first being a better wife and being a better parent. And the bigger picture is, um, you know, it's, it's not just you, you're doing this for the greater good of, of everyone. But yeah, we, we, if you ask anyone, we swear by therapy and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And people are like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, don't be sorry. I'd rather go to therapy than um, be divorced. Some people, but, but that's us. Some people would rather just get divorced and that's okay if that's, you know, if that's their, their, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, their own outlet and whatever they choose with their life. But for us, I would rather go to therapy and, um, you know, use than, that than resource. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts today. Um, if anybody who's listening to this episode wanted to reach out to you, where where's the best place to find you? Um, you can email me. Okay, um, great. I can, yeah. Do, I'll if, put do your email. My... Yeah, yeah, I'll put it on yeah. the show notes. So for anybody out there, if, if you want to say hey to Michelle, you'll find her email address on our website under her episode show notes. Um, thank you so much. It's so, it's so great to have your perspective. You're just further down the journey than I am certainly. And I know that a lot of people who are red alert on baby sleep, we all tend to uh, start with a younger kids approach. And it's just really great to see where we're, it can we're, go. we're all in this together. Right. And I, I said, when we first had Adriana and I know we got to go, but I said, I feel like we're a part of this like elite club now parenthood. Oh, I love <laughs> right? it. Yeah. It's like, we're like, we're all in this club now. And there's things you now understand that when you saw your parent friends, when you were single talking about them, you were like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> now makes total sense. <laughs> right. So thank you for having me. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you're continuing this conversation for, 
all the moms out there, the new moms, the moms to be, and even, even the seasoned veteran moms who are like, man, you know, I wish I thought of that back then. So, but at least maybe they could pour that knowledge on to uh, someone else, you know? That's right. Thanks, Michelle. All right. Bye, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to the Baby Sleep Podcast wherever you get your content. Check us out on Instagram at the Baby Sleep Podcast and visit our website, www.babysleeppodcast.com, where you'll find individual episode notes, including links to products or resources mentioned in the conversation. And of course, send your parent friends our way because we could all use a little more sleep.